Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 939. Katie Levine, I see in your hand you were holding a giant community cork board. It has so many posts on it. How did you bring it. that in? You're you know, I carry it with strong. me everywhere. <laughs> you really? <laughs> that's, that's a real commitment <laughs> to the community. Uh, so what 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 uh, post-its will you be ripping off the community cork board? So I got one for our friends, uh, Randy and Jason Sklar. They have a new documentary all about poop. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they do. They, you said it so matter-of-fact. It is. <laughs> they have a new documentary about poop. Yeah, so here's what they have to say about it. This is an honest, funny, informative discussion about poop, a somewhat taboo <laughs> subject about an activity that everyone does, yet few people talk about. By talking to comedians, doctors, and scientists, we try to determine if we can be more open about our poop practices. As, practices? Yeah, as we hope to loosen people up about Loosen. Poop, hang-ups, and laughing. Hang-ups. Hear hilarious stories and perfe- perspectives from people like Sorry. Pete Holmes, Kumail Nanjiani, Aisha Tyler, Eric Stone Street, Nick Swartzen, Rob Cordry, Nicole Byer, and many more. Poop Talk is available now on iTunes and VOD. We know we didn't make the shape of water here. We made the shape of toilet water. Nice. And you know what? We're proud of the discussion that arose. So check that out. I think it sounds really interesting. I'm very interested twins? in poop. Do you poop. think they poop exactly the same? Oh. I wonder if that's genetic. I don't know. Or if that's learned. Like, do they, do they both have to poop at the same time in the do morning they, every or day? Or if, like, one of them is pooping, the other one kind of feels it. <laughs> like, oh is my that God, weird? What's going on? Because <laughs> <laughs> the other one, if Randy's pooping, does Jason so. shit his pants? That's all I'm wondering. I hope so. <laughs> I think it'd be kind of funny. Not that he shits his pants, but then he goes, oh, I gotta go to the bathroom too. Uh, and then I have one more Chandler writes I wanted to ask that you talk about my husband's EP on the community corkboard he is extremely passionate about his music and has started producing music and DJing and I've never seen him this happy determined or passionate about anything his stage name is Sosla or Sosla it's S-O-S-L-A and you can follow him on all social media at Sosla Music his EP is available on iTunes Spotify Apple Music Tidal Google Play Amazon plus his EP cover is a cute sketch of our dog so what could be better than that uh, check Check him out, and if you live in the Austin area, follow him on social media and find out where he's going to be doing DJ sets. Excellent. And then I also want to say that um, I've got some stand-up dates coming. I will be at uh, Comedy Works in Denver at the beginning of April, and then Comedy on State in Madison, Wisconsin at the end of April. Oh, awesome. Um, so just uh, Google those places and uh, come and get tickets. I love Denver. I went to high school. I went mostly to high school there, and then I moved. But uh, But... Denver's great, and also Madison, Wisconsin is like one of the best comedy towns in the country. But those are two amazing clubs, Comedy Works and Comedy on State. So I'll be there with Mike Furman and April Richardson. Get tickets now at those websites that I should probably know uh, if I were better at promoting my own <laughs> stuff. Um, and then uh, I think we're going to start having some info in the next month or two about the ID10T Festival. Oh, awesome. Which is uh, November 3rd and 4th. In at Orange the Orange County, County Fairgrounds. So that's that. This episode is Peter Serafinowicz, who is a brilliant um, writer, comedian, impersonator, actor. All-around um, Everything. <laughs> all-around nice guy. Um, he's currently on The Tick. He is The Tick, uh, which is streaming on Amazon now. Uh, the first, I believe, six episodes aired at the end of last year. And then the remaining episodes yeah. just went up on Amazon. So they're up now. He's great. I love this man, and uh, and I was very I was very happy that uh, that tall drink of water, Peter Serafinowicz, came over to my house and we <laughs> sat down. And uh, soon we're gonna have like a podcast studio 
at the place I'm renovating. If you want to follow the renovations, I've been putting them on Instagram (laughs) stories with the hashtag house shit um, because I just wanted to document the renovation and it's it's been really fun. So follow that. Enjoy that. And enjoy this uh, podcast, the ID10T podcast number 939. Oh, that has just such a nice symmetry to it. 939, a numerical palindrome with Peter Serafinowicz. Serafinowicz is the opposite of a palindrome. (laughs) Katie, roll it. Initiating ID10T protocol. Bit, a little bit off um, because uh, I. Uh, this is great. I've got um, <laughs> I've got a, a like a plastic Luke Skywalker tumbler of like uh, I think from the same sort of collection. Of yeah, these, this like, old was ones. Yes, those are from the. Uh, it was a promotional thing that Burger King did, you know, forever right. ago, and so my wife found those and they, they just showed up one day. She's like, I got you this. And I was like, I married the right person. Oh, I really married the right person. That's, that's great. <laughs> How much Darth Maul stuff do you have? Um, not a lot really, which I suppose is fitting really because, you know, I mean, there's not a lot of Darth Maul in, in the, the movie really is there, but like, he endured though. People like Darth Maul. Um, they still cosplay as him. Yes, they do. Yeah. Um and I I do have my sister bought me a uh from a car boot sale which is yeah, like a yard sale. Right? Sure. Um do you have like a a an a, a British to US English app that we could just place on the thing just so I don't have to and, car boot and, flea market. <laughs> like it just says in a robotic voice. And, uh she bought me for my birthday once this it's like this life-size Darth Maul head made out of Lego right oh wow pretty cool you know slightly grubby right sure Lego gets grubby yeah and and so so I I had that and she she bought it at this like this car boot sale and and she said to the guy who made it himself of his his own design who's a bit of a strange guy she, she as she was paying the guy she said my uh, brother is the he's the voice of Darth Maul and he was like no reaction <laughs> and, and it's like I can kind of understand that you know. that could also just be him being British too right yeah, just not really yeah I, maybe <laughs> I feel like an American would be like what the fuck what call him make him do the voice will he do my outgoing message I mean that's that's how we are over here I mean, that's how we are we're, we're all mingling now we're all you know we're all the same aren't we either side of do you, do you, do you think I don't I don't know. I just I just remember I remember that first year that when Matt Smith and Karen Gillan and Arthur Darvel came over right when they started doing Doctor Who and there was this big premiere in New York and they were floored because Matt was like we we did the one in England and there it wasn't <laughs> but here in America people are just like grabbing at him and flipping out and they were not 
they were not used to that. Wow. So okay. I think we do tend to, and I said, like, yeah, we get, we really get very into things here emotionally. So, uh, yeah. I, more so as well now, I think more more so than in the past in in Britain. I tell you what, actually, like premieres, I I think the ones they have in London tend to be certainly now like bigger than ones I've done in New York, for instance. Uh-huh. Not like I've done like huge ones in New York, but even I remember the like the Phantom Menace one was like uh, there, there were only. Uh, there were there were only like a couple of hundred people like outside the. It's a geographical thing as well because it was like a off Broadway cinema, so there's not like a huge place for you for everyone to hang out. Like, right, you know at the um, the Chinese theater or whatever. There's a you know you can close off the roads and whatever and like uh, in but in Leicester Square in London. They just closed that off all the time, and it's just packed with like it's it, it's it's the most crazy experience, you know, to do something like that. Leicester yeah. Square, Union Square. I'm just trying to give people the American <laughs> type of Leicester Square. <laughs> bird, maybe a lady or a bird. <laughs> like, like, that would be an app that you'd play with for a day. Like you would play with that app for one day. It might almost be worth it just to make it and go like, this is going to expire. Like in 24 hours, you're never going to open this again. But for one solid day, you will enjoy this app. Yeah. (laughs) Application or computer program. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But uh, yeah, I love... um, I love that, that that I'm sorry sorry I know this is a this No is no you can talk about whatever you want right, yeah. yeah he's a, yeah uh, P- Peter's looking at the um, I have these Empire Strikes Back glasses from uh, Berg and these are just the glasses that we use like we d- j- really actually use these um, there's some stuff I feel like maybe you shouldn't touch but but they're glasses they should be used you know like yeah yeah they, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I I think my of you know with my sort of almost like a tenuous link to the Star Wars universe uh, that my favorite thing to come out of it is that I became friends with Mark Hamill oh yeah uh, and what a what a lovely isn't guy. he great what I mean I mean first of all the the loveliest man I've ever met right in any sphere right and um I meet people in lots of spheres. I, yeah, you know, we're very sphere-based culture now. Yeah, uh, you know those big inflatable ones you put in the pool. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. I call them meeting spheres. And, and um, we, uh, <laughs> bubbles. But he is not only the sweetest man I've ever encountered, and his family as well. And, uh, he, he's also incredibly funny, and he's bonkers as well isn't he he's great and 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 he's the perfect guy to be who he is because he understands the world he appreciates it he knows what fandom is like he's not grossed out by oh i gotta tired of these star wars fan like he is a fan Mm. and the best case scenario is that a fan becomes a fan icon because they understand what it means to be a part of that community and so he is he he uses his power well. Uh, oh, I, I believe. Yeah, definitely. And he uh, he um, I, you know another thing about that I found out only sort of late later in life was was 
what a what an incredible uh incredibly skilled voice actor he is yes and i hadn't realized that he'd done the he, he did the voice for the joker it's like my favorite incarnation of the joker yeah yeah might be the definitive joker it's i think it's sort of back and forth between uh hamill and then of course you know heath ledger's version people love that version but hamill i think might be kind of the definitive joker uh yeah I, I i i didn't know it from the cartoon i knew i knew it from playing that the first batman arkham asylum game which i think was the first with of of those sort of batman games and and uh I remember. I don't like cutscenes in in games. Right. Right. Are you a video gamer? Yeah, 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 yeah. There, there was a period about maybe eight or nine years ago where you know games like L.A. Noire, where you're like, well, this is just a movie, and occasionally I can stick my head in and make a choice, but in general, I'm just watching a long movie. Yeah, yeah, a long poor movie. <laughs> I mean, that is how I feel about like you know as much as the technical the, the, and design and all that, whatever innovation and there's so much brilliant stuff about like the grand theft auto games uh, uh, those unskippable cutscenes <laughs> make me want to go grand theft auto on rockstar games headquarters <laughs> in real life no, i don't want to watch a shitty movie if i wanted to watch a shitty movie there are plenty of shitty movies and like uh, you know i just want to pretend that i'm in a world and i've got uh guns and rocket launchers and i can blow up cars and kill innocent people like anybody would want to of course without having to to endure these ridiculous c d grade dramas well that's me i'm not gonna be employed hey did mickey bring you that delivery hey what are you talking about i got it coming hey well i'm just saying the boss is getting really jesus christ i need to do something i need to push a button please skip skip what is it is it alt tab what do i do okay well you know how the boss is he's got his uh... oh no it's going again oh my god oh what's that you want to hear it again well uh you know the boss he's uh he's a tough one you know Mission failed. Okay, surely it will let me. Oh, you're fucking kidding me! And seriously, yeah, like oh my god, it's your punishment not to fail the mission. But anyway, go. The the Batman one. I remember sticking with the cutscenes because I think I don't know who plays Batman. It's not. It's someone who does a lot of those voices. And yeah, there's only there's only so much you can do with like Batman these days, you know and you know you know you can go the 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 uh the uh, what's his name Clooney? Chris, the christian bale um, oh. Mar- marge simpson route right <laughs> i'm batman i'm batman Martin, stop hitting your sister <laughs> what was that mr wayne <laughs> i'm not mr wayne julie kavner is batman that would be i would watch that i would legit watch that <laughs> I would watch that. I can't wait to get this cowl off. My hair is so squashed underneath (laughs) it. (laughs) You know, I think at least if they were going to do that, Bruce Wayne's voice should have been like, hi. Like, he should have been like a, you know, it should have been such a dramatic... But they pitched it like they did effects to it for for the for the Nolan ones though. Uh, Did they? Okay, okay. I'm pretty sure they did because yeah, yeah. I mean, look, he's great. You know, look, these are all great. You know, but like, uh, I I I did like you know 
I, I thought the film was preposterous, that last Christopher Nolan Batman film. Dark Although, Knight Rises? He, is that what it was called? Yeah. The one with uh, Bane in it? Yes. And I loved that. I, I went to see uh, Mission Impossible 3, maybe. Um, uh, me and my wife bunked off from, you know, we both had like the afternoon to ourselves and we were like, let's go to the cinema. And uh, That means took a break. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Played hooky. This <laughs> app, <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's writing itself. It is writing itself. All you and I need to do is have a conversation for a day and just transit. <laughs> we'll be it. We'll be overnight millionaires. But, but do you remember... Uh, so anyway, Mission Impossible 3, which was brilliant. And uh, it was like where Simon Pegg really kind of, his character suddenly really came into his own, you know. And uh, But but the added treat of this particular film was that they showed the first 10 minutes of this new Batman, the, the whole sequence where Bane is on the plane. Right. And I don't quite know what's going on, but uh, this this incredible spectacular sequence happens and i thought that was that was one of the most unbelievable things i'd ever seen i thought his performance uh, as bane in in that little bit and also in the film i i just thought it was i i thought it was that's one of my favorite things ever yeah you know in a movie that i really didn't like in a movie that was (laughs) It was so. I mean, there's some amazing bits in it, but like it's three hours long, and like at one point, there is uh, the, the the this this you know, you know like stakes kind of rise in these movies, and like there's a, there's one point where there is a deadline imposed of uh, three months. Right. <laughs> they say if we don't, if X doesn't happen within three months, then this city's doomed. Three months? Yeah. Oh my God. Well, okay, let's see. When can we, uh, what about next Tuesday? We can start to have a meeting about, <laughs> let, we can really. <laughs> you know, there might be a problem when a lot of the movie is just Bruce Wayne watching the events on a television. He's yeah. like in the, he's in the pit and, uh, you know. I know. But look, I mean, I'm glibly, um, you know, st- criticizing this and I know how difficult it is to make any kind of piece of art let alone something as as complicated and 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 as you know spectacular and everything that those films are you know but in a three-hour movie you're like there wasn't anything you could have cut it you know it's like (laughs) three hours you really you know i'm sure that the first cut was like nine hours long you know they gotta get it down in three is probably but but some of these like three hour long movies i'm like you know if your movie's three hours he doesn't it's you're there's too much going on yeah i i i i really i'm not like a i'm not like a massive superhero fan like buff like i don't go and see all the marvel universe things and uh dc it's not like a requirement for me to to do that like griffin newman who plays arthur in the in the tick he's like you know he buys comic books every week he's a nerd you know he's he's, he properly knows all these storylines and he you know and and uh is so familiar with the mythos of everything and and I, 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 I'm kind of like, I was never even as a kid. I was, I was like not into that. However, I, I went to see uh, Thor Ragnarok. So good! Oh my god! I think it's it's one of my it's one of my top funny films of all time. Yeah, it's, 
and I, I took my my son, uh, who who's got a very sophisticated sense of humour and is very funny himself, and and his friend, uh, we, we the three of us went to see it, and w- what a joy it was to not only laugh at a funny film yeah because how often do you you sort of think yeah well funny films there are lots of them and therefore i must actually laugh whilst watching right. comedy films right but it doesn't actually happen that often really right you know what I mean? especially if you're a comedy writer or a comedy person or you work in comedy you kind of you always sort of map the like okay oh i see where they oh that's that's clever i see where they yeah, yeah i think i think that's got something to do with it definitely but I think even just I think even just a normal person would be like, uh, you know, you'd be hard pressed to think of like twenty films where you say these make me laugh out loud, you know. Yeah. And, and that film, uh, I mean, I laughed. I mean, I laughed so much. I, uh, I, and I also, I thought it was so imaginative. It was so interesting, and it was exciting, and the action was great, and there's brilliant performances. So funny, yeah. So funny. Did you see Taika's other movie, What We Do in the Shadows? No. Everyone has said uh, when I see that, it's going to be my favorite film. It's it's great. Yeah. It's all it like it's. I think it's been like two years, and it's been at the top of iTunes horror. Like it's just it's a movie that people just keep going back to and keep going back. It was really great. I I think I think you would like it. Oh, definitely, definitely going to see that. Just on that subject of like funny films, though. Do you know what I mean? Like about like so okay. So those two films. What are like another like what are like another two films of the last like couple of years that you've watched that have made you laugh out loud oh that's a good question you know there was a a handful of years ago there was a movie called black dynamite that made me laugh uh yeah i remember that yeah because it was very um and when we it was right around the time we first started doing the podcast actually because i sought out the director, a guy named Scott Sanders, and had him on and had the cast on and because I wanted as many people to see it, but it was you know, it was it was so brilliantly done. Uh and in, in the way that like when you first saw Airplane or Naked Gun and you're like, oh my God, I've never seen anything like you know Yes. Yes. And I guess and it was it was you know, in the same way as Airplane and Naked Gun, but which I love, but like um it was parodying a, a, specific, a specific genre, but also it had its own silly sense of humor as and well. It and it didn't wink at the camera at all. No. And, you know, he was saying that when he directed that movie, he had the actors come up with characters in their heads for who they were as actors. So he was like, oh, so Black Dynamite was being played by a guy who was probably a linebacker for a football team. And in the 70s, they were like, hey, you're a famous football player. Let's put you in this movie. So they had characters who were playing characters. And it was genius because oh, it just good, yeah. it had them all kind of really commit to it and not be like, isn't this crazy what we're doing here? Which is, you know, the death of mo- of any good comedy is when, they're, when the com- when the performances are aware of what they're doing see i I found that a bit with the naked gun movies i found and as particularly as they went on definitely two and three there's no question but like nothing compares to like my i think if i had to choose one like desert island tv show it would be uh, police squad oh so good still amazing so straight it was really when 
you know, and obviously this is not meant as a dig at all. I mean, I worshipped Leslie Nielsen. But at a certain point, he became very aware. In the beginning, he was a very serious actor. And he did all those, like, episodic cop shows and everything. Yeah. And so that's why they chose him. Because he was just so funny playing those roles. It just so happened that the context was comedic. But at a certain point, he became aware and he started playing the comedy. Like, hey, this is all funny. And then it kind of fell apart a little bit. Still, you know, one of, some of the best comedy performances of all time. I, I would say, you know, in his defense, I reckon, like, it's more to do with the directors and the writers sure. pushing him that sure, way. Sure, 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 sure. You know, because he just... He just had that you just had that thing that that deadpan i mean it's to me it's like the funniest it's the funny when i saw that as a kid police squad p- police squad in, in color. color i i nearly i nearly had an aneurysm <laughs> or maybe i did it was like it was like uh i was like uh, oh my god people have actually made this this oh Oh my god! This is this is incredible. I, I couldn't. I remember talking about it at school the next day. Nobody had seen it. You know? <laughs> I knew one of the writers from that show. Did I, you? I worked with him a few years ago. Who? His name was Tino Insana. Tino Insana. Yeah, yeah, he unfortunately passed away re- oh, not not no. that not that long right. ago. But um, I worked on a an animated show with him. We both did voices on an animated show. And so I would grill him for police squad questions. And, you know, he would say, yeah, you know, we'd, we'd sit down and watch all these seventies cop shows. And then we would just try to figure out like, what was the, how to escalate that. But they really, like they really use the real cop shows as their source yeah. material. But, you know, in, in as much as, as when you're watching comedy and you sort of like can map a joke, there are jokes in Police Squad where I'm like, I don't know how the fuck they got. <laughs> yeah. Like the one of my favorite jokes on all television is just it's so weird. It's it, it's it's Drebin going. So I went to one of those all night wicker stores, oh, uh, yeah. and they go to the wicker store, and there's people like hordes of people in the middle of the night walking Dude. out with wicker furniture. Where does that come from? One of those twenty four hour wicker joints. <laughs> yeah, where the fuck does that <laughs> come like, from? And you see like two on opposite sides of the street, like that, that have got names. And like, oh my god! I mean, I'm so glad. That's maybe like my favorite thing in it. <laughs> I was driving past one of those 24 hour w- wicker joints. And I don't know if you can still do that today because it it was so much, a, like no one had really done that in that way before and now so much is derivative of that that it might have just, that those waters might be overfished. I, I, I don't know but it's it, it seems I, I just want to that point you've made I just, I just want to ask you something about in a sec but I just want to tell you another one of my favorites things because leslie nielsen is a huge hero of mine, yes yes it? yes and uh my brother bought me a signed 10 by 8 of leslie nielsen oh, once for my- translation 8 by 10 and the um uh yes so the uh, the guy who I love as well, my other f- favorite in that is that actor Peter Lupus who plays Nordberg, right. who famously was played by O.J. Simpson right. in the movie for like movie reasons. You I know? guess, but uh, although he was actually pretty good in the movie, you know, O.J. Simpson was 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 funny in the movie, and um, but. Uh, uh, they really they, they played. I don't know. I haven't heard from him in a while. They played to his acting strengths, which is that he had none, and that's what uh, right. kind of weirdly 
worked about about it. But uh, but yeah, the guy, but, who, but, yeah, Peter Lupus, who's Nordberg. I mean, you, you know the episode where they open the locksmith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like all the key jokes in the background. There's all, well, there's all the key. turkeys. Francis got keys. Yeah. yeah, and so there's all that in the background. But the 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 thing that just makes me crazy with delight is that so they go undercover as locksmiths in this neighborhood, <laughs> and and Nordberg, who's like his assistant, uh, starts taking the business really serious. <laughs> And comes up with like uh, as Frank's like thinking uh, maybe I better meet this Mister whatever and 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 Norberg's going yeah yeah I'm thinking of maybe doing a two for one key deal <laughs> <laughs> and he is so funny that dude he is so funny and I, th- I and actually in as in the tick I I, I feel like there's a little bit of peter lupus in that in my head as i'm doing the tick that's a great to know because i watched the first episodes the first six episodes of the tick and i loved it and you were great in it and i was bummed that they broke up the season i'm like i want to see the rest of it now like i got impatient but i'm glad it's coming back but there but the tick definitely has that he's just very earnest and he's very honest and he really everything he does is it's just that same it's i i'm so fascinated to hear you say that because i completely understand what you're saying yeah it's it's also a little bit like uh (laughs) there's there's another reference for it which is uh another big hero a big american hero of mine is phil hartman yes and who I only really got to know about through The Simpsons because we did we don't get SNL. It's like one big like America-sized hole that we just right. don't get, you know. Uh, in in the UK, so like things like Wayne's World would come out in the cinemas, and we'd be like, "What is Wayne's World?" Right. You know? And uh, so I knew Phil Hartman from doing Lionel Hutz and um, Troy McClure. You, you know, The Simpsons is one of my favorite things that humans have ever created and and uh and his voice was like i was like who is this dude doing this these characters line of ads and uh um, <laughs> and then when I, it was only when i found uh, i only found out about his his I only discovered his work when i heard that he died right and it was just oh god it was awful to uh, this guy who was killed by his wife and then and then i found out it's this guy who i love does these voices and uh, and you know i really connected with him you know i can really i don't know there's some kind of thread that i I bet, like, if I'd ever met him, we would find similar things funny, you know? Yeah. Like, I just know the things that he picks on are things that make me laugh as well. And then I got a, a VHS of the best of Phil Hartman, and I was like, fuck this guy. He was guy. such a committed... He was so... He was one of those guys that whatever he was doing in the scene, you would watch him, and he would just lock in and find it and make something... He could make anything funny. Uh, yeah, he's... Um, yeah, he is just, he is unbelievable. He is, uh, I think there's, there's a bit where, there's this one sketch where he's playing, 
Who is the guy in Airplane, not Leslie Nielsen, the other guy with the white hair? Peter Graves, Peter right? Graves, yeah. Peter Graves. Yeah, so he's doing a sketch where he's playing Peter Graves, I think <laughs> showing John Lovitz around or... Like, did Peter Graves host some, like, science show or history? He, he, he hosted... Um... It, 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 was it an, was it like a, a classic movie show? He might have. I'm Peter Graves. For, he might, might have been a classic movies show. Katie, what is it? Yeah, it would have been like Turner Classic Movies, or he, it was some. It was Phil Hartman doing Peter Graves, and like there's some. He just kept going. Oh, all right. <laughs> as, he's, he's, as John Lovitz is showing him these funny things, I can't remember what they were, but they were very funny. And things kept going wrong, and, and, and he's, uh, and so tell me about this. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and then they, 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 they definitely got like, like that in me, you know, but like. <sighs> you did a Simpsons voice too, didn't you? Do I remember hearing you? No. I thought you, did, I thought you had at one point. Uh, no. Stupid Chris. <laughs> no, I, I, I did go to a. Uh, <laughs> I did go to uh, me and my wife when we were doing uh, pilot season like ten years ago, eleven years ago, whatever. We we um, I became friends with uh, Matt Groening mm-hmm. and 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 also this brilliant writer who uh, who sadly passed away extremely young. Don Payne. I don't know whether you ever knew this guy. Oh, I didn't know such. Such a lovely guy, my God! He was so lovely and really funny. He was, I mean, he was one of the head Simpsons writers, and we went to uh, Simpsons table read, and that was one of the experiences of my life. Have you ever? Have you ever? I've never been, dude. It's like um, it, 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 it's, it's just on the Fox lot, you know, and and it's a, it's a room like not like I mean, this room is is beautiful, this beautiful opulent room. It's like the same kind of size as this, but like just like a vanilla sort of office with a table this kind of size, just like officey, officey office. And then like seats around the the, the, the back walls. We got there at like one o'clock and me and Sarah, like, I mean, it's my favorite thing ever, you know, me and Sarah, so nervous. And we're both actors and we meet people. We, you know, you, you know what it's like, you know, but there are certain people that... Some people are just in your molecules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Hamill, you know, yeah. like I still, I still can't... Um, I still can't uh, get over, you know. Whenever I speak to him, I'm I'm always like, "What am I doing?" <laughs> but um, but but uh, I, I, we we sat we sat there, and I remember the writers were in the room first. It was like twelve thirty in the afternoon. The writers came in. Don came over, so sweet. Uh, Got us, got us a coffee, and made us feel welcome. And uh, and then uh, and then. Uh, then the first cast member to come in was uh, Julie Kavner, mm-hmm. and I'm Batman. <laughs> yeah, but it, but it was it was like, and she had a she had a baseball cap on, and she came in and went, "Hi, everybody!" Like not doing a voice, that's just Julie Kavner's voice, yeah. you know. And uh, it was like amazing. It was just like, and then then suddenly. Uh, uh, Kelsey, Kelsey Grammer. Oh, Jesus. Comes in. It was a sideshow bar. Hello. Oh, what a, right? what a treat. Ah, oh, yeah. So I, I, was, I was sitting uh, behind uh, Kelsey and, uh, oh, hello, you know, and, and it was like, oh, my God, because I love sideshow Bob as well. And Kelsey Grammer's voice is amazing. And, and uh, then uh, Yardley Smith comes in 
um, Nancy Cartwright, uh, uh, and then uh, yeah, then who? Uh, then Dan Castellaneta, right, yep. uh, was sitting opposite us, and like how? I mean, I mean, they're all sort of extraordinary uh, performers, um, but like Dan. Castellaneta, he's like the way he's got this tiny little slot of a mouth, this little mouth that these huge people come out of. Yeah, just and seeing him be Homer and Grandpa, you know, doing all that. It was just, uh, it was like I was in heaven, you know. It was like and Harry Shearer, uh, <laughs> who was pointedly made made the point of like he was the last one to arrive. <laughs> But then, and then, like, he was sitting, like, just there and doing Mr. Burns and Smithers. And you think, he's been doing that for however many years. That's, like, that's, that's, inc- he should have some kind of, some kind of super Oscar just for doing that. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, and Matt Groening as well uh, was, was, uh, just uh, he's so, such a, a sweet I've sweet met him man. a few times and he's always so nice and he's so sweet and I feel like at a certain point in the conversation I drop the ball and I fan out too much like I'm you every time I say I'm like you know what this time I'm gonna be cool and then at a certain point I'm like oh that's really great do you want to hang out sometime like it, it just like it comes out because he drew uh, a cartoon series that was that were in kind of the alternative news. Life is life, life is, in hell. Life in hell. Yeah. Yes, right. and uh, and that when I was I was the perfect age for it. I was in high school, and it was you know like that whole series with Bongo and Akbar and Jeff, and and I just it was so meaningful to me. And yeah. of course, I was eighteen when The Simpsons started, and so I was the perfect age for that. The perfect. I mean, everything about it was so. And so he is so responsible. I mean, obviously, it's a big team of people, but ultimately, the seeds, uh, what he created, are so responsible, not just for me as a person, but just, you can see so much derivative stuff from, you know... Oh, I mean, well, I mean... A style of comedy just created an entire... I can't even imagine what comedy would be without uh, Well, Well, I mean, look, at at the time, I... At the time of this table read, I I did a voice... uh, I did a character on South Park, right? Which I was just floored to be asked to... to, uh, Maybe that's what I saw you on. Yeah, so it was... was, I did a a voice on South Park and... um, I'd met Matt Stone, t- totally nervous of of him. Someone again who's like I, I hold in like you know he seems so like formidable and hey, like, like the nicest dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and but still, you know, he's like the most incredibly intelligent and witty and and you know. But uh, and I remember around this, so it was around this this like couple of weeks. They said. Um, a thing that w- that was really getting my goat at the time was was how like Family Guy was just such a rip off of The Simpsons, and at that time had just they just kind of switched them the them round. So it was like Family Guy was like the number one Fox show, right? And The Simpsons had been sidelined when it was like this, in my opinion, this cruder version of the simpsons and that still you know has uh, had lots of funny stuff to it but 
there was it was like a kind of crude like like cracked magazine to mad magazine what an interesting analogy and, oh my god and uh and in a in a way um, i don't know it really annoyed me right and i remember speaking both to matt graining about it and to um, to matt and trey about it as well and they both agreed and i was like have you ever met matt graining and they said well we saw him once at like the emmys or whatever and we never really hung out you know so i said well look let's Let's all meet up. And I arranged this <gasps> dinner, right? It was me, Edgar Wright, who I know you know. Of course. Right? So, um, so uh, me, Edgar, uh, Matt Groening, my wife, Sarah, and um, Peter Bainham. Do you know the writer Peter Bainham? No. Who writes, uh, writes a lot of, uh, with Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh, okay. Like an incredible comedy. He's written like a hundred amazing things. And... Uh, Matt and Trey and we went out for dinner in in Santa Monica and talked about like how they you know like how Matt and Trey make their show in five days and an episode of The Simpsons takes 18 months from start to finish you know and all this stuff and they'd never and we got all got talking about this whole family guy thing and how fucking you know it was like I could say it because like I wasn't being I didn't have to sort of feign politeness or like, you know, um, I, I, I didn't have, I didn't need to have the professional courtesy of saying, oh no, everything can exist. You know, it's, it's all cool. I, I was kind of stirring it up, you know? And then that was the, the, the arc of the next two South Park episodes was where Cartman and Bart Simpson team up Right. And go to, to destroy the, the Family Guy and the manatees with the beach balls. Right, where right, the, right. <laughs> that that all sort of the the germ for that all started from that that dinner, and I just sat there and watched it happen. Did they kind of nerd out over each other a bit? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. And um, yeah, it was it, it was. You're yeah. a dream weaver. That is a dream weaver <laughs> thing to do is to create that happen. And how, were you attempted at all? You're like. I should just rec- I'll just hit record on my phone. I won't share this with anyone, but I just need to document that this happened in some way. Oh, do you know I can remember it all so clearly, and uh, and yeah, it was I don't know. It was just it was just like I just thought, hey, you know, it's funny to hear this from you because you 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 were so involved in such an influential part of British comedy. Uh, I mean, you, you, and and your brother-in-law, uh, uh, and like, and my, and my brother and my and my sister are both in and and like my sister Helen, who's Graham Linehan's yep. wife. Uh, her show with uh, Sharon Horgan has just it's just won loads of awards and um, has been commissioned for two more series already. You know, oh my god, my my brother is doing. He is is developing stuff with uh, Simon and Nick's new um, company and uh, Simon Pegg and yep. Frost. And, yep. and, and um, don't know if you're aware of <laughs> and, um, um, and yeah, I mean, they're doing, they're doing amazing. What a great group. It's yeah. such a great group. And, and it, you know, it, Graham, Graham wrote on Brass Eye. Oh, and, yeah, 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 yeah. But you also worked on Space, didn't you? I mean, it's like, there's so much... Fantastic. So, you know, it's got to be somewhat, and maybe you don't think of it this way, but 
in the way that you are talking about these people, you know, Mark and Matt and Phil Hartman and uh, and, and Police Squad, you are that to a generation of people too. Well, in a, a you know, in a certain very sort of thin, you know, slice of the pie, you know, in a nichey kind of way, I suppose, in a very small way to some people. Yeah, you know, I'm part of a, a similar sort of thing, I, I suppose. But, um, but yeah, I what I, what I want to know is like, I mean, when I was like doing comedy in like, when, like for instance, when Spaced was out and uh, me and Robert Popper were doing Look Around You. <gasps> Which and- is one of the greatest, if I'm, by the way, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just need to tell people, if you've never seen Look Around You, and I'm guessing that if you listen to this podcast, you probably have seen it. But even if you have, it's worth watching again. No one had done that when those came out to to satirize those fucking science uh, films that you were forced to watch in school. Yeah. I, I mean, and really, it's like the closest analogy to it is Police Squad. Cause like that, that, For science films. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's the same. And we, you know, we just had the same kind of jokes as in Police Squad. So, but, but I remember at that time, so you mentioned like Brass Eye and Chris Morris and Alan Partridge and Spaced. And then there was like, you know, it's like 20 more things that I could say from that time that was like a real golden age. Of, the day-to-day. Yeah, the day-to-day, yeah. I mean, uh, and and like, so I think, what what's, what's like, what's, ha- what, what, what do you think now is, is like, like, like good, like new comedy? What, what's, what's like? I love Baskets, Zach Galifianakis' show on FX. Oh, I don't know that. What is it? It's if you read it on paper, you'd go, "Well, this, th- there's no way this can work." Yeah. Zach plays he's he plays twin brothers in the show. Okay. But his main character is basically this kind of inept guy who went to French clowning school, and he has to move back to Bakersfield, California. And his brother, who has a completely different accent, uh, is really um, cantankerous and. Uh, kind of an asshole and his mom is played by Louis Anderson right uh, and it and this other lady that is a great comic named Martha Kelly and on paper you go like how the fuck is this show going to work and then you watch it and it's one of the most beautiful things on television so Baskets Rick and Morty I think probably yeah yeah I was I, that you've been on I have been on yeah and I still haven't I still haven't really watched the show you, it's I, it's i think it's one of the best comedies everyone ever. says to me yeah rick and morty yeah, yeah. and even though yeah I, I i uh um yeah i'm trying to think if there's anything else that i've seen recently it's hard it's hard to make comedy that's why that's why you know going back to thor that was like that was something that really stood out like and also it had a had a heart to it you know yeah it had a it had a real sort of good vibe to it, you know? Yeah, which is, I think, which is, which is a real key element, I think. A comedy should, you know, if something is just too indulgent that, without having some sort of a heart to it, and that's why, you know, Baskets has a real heart to it, and Rick and Morty has a heart. Rick and Morty is, 
as a comedy, I think is one of the most poignant like family dramas on television, which is so strange. But there's a real, there's a real authentic like dysfunctional family tale at the center of it, which I think is part of what makes it work because it's very authentic and you know. Uh, and oh, it, I, I, oh, I tell you what I thought as well. F is for family. I've seen some. Oh like, yeah, the Bill Burr show. Yeah, I really like that. People like BoJack Horseman, although I haven't watched a ton of it yet. I haven't seen that, but yeah, I hear it's amazing. That's, yeah, uh, that's Will Arnett, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I uh, yeah, who I love. Paula Tompkins is on that show. A lot of great, a lot of really great, funny people yeah. are on that show. You, you know, uh, just a really obscure one. One of my all-time favorite things is. Uh, Xavier Renegade Angel. Have you ever seen that? No. God, that is the freakiest. That's that's written. That's uh, Vernon Chapman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. um, Oh God, what is his writing partner called? I can't remember. Anyway, um, but that was the yeah. He did um, the uh, Wonder Showsen. Wonder Showsen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys. So, my God, I, I. I I don't know if I could just describe it to you, uh, but I would just say, just get the first season of it. They're like, it's like, I think it's like 10, like 10 minute episodes. Where is it? Is it on? uh... I don't even know. You get it on on iTunes. It's all done in 3D animation in that sort of 90s vaporwave style. Right. Um, And BoJack Horseman sort of reminded me of it because... Main character is like a sort of shamanistic kind of like Walker Texas Ranger guy, but he's I think he's got I think does he have a horse's head or can you get a picture of him up? He's got he's got like a oh no he's got a beak that's right he's got long hair he's got a beak and he's got his companion who is his hand is called Snake. And his legs are on backwards, right? So when he walks, he just, it, it's like he's, le- that's why he looks a bit like a horse, because his legs are on backwards. That's been, okay, so. so uh, Xavier, the, Renegade, Renegade Angel. So there's that. Um, uh, oh, uh, that's from like 10 years ago. And that's one of the most bizarre and one of the things that has had me like almost vomiting silently on the floor in laughter because I've never seen anything like it. There's another show that uh, I'm loving, because I don't know if you... Were you an SCTV fan at all? Uh, Did you get SCTV? No, but I know bits of... So there's a show called Shit's Creek, and it's a Canadian show, but it's but it, we get it here in the States. Okay. And it's Eugene Levy and, uh, 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 and Catherine, um, Catherine O'Hara. Oh, and, yeah, right. And they're just... It's so, and everyone on the show is great. Chris Elliott's also on the show. Oh, I and, love him. And it's a study in watching a group of incredible comedic performers all like just bring to the table like their all of their strengths and work beautifully together. And it's it's so well done. Uh, so Shit's Creek is a great show. This is the third season right now. That reminds me of uh, Simon Pegg uh, getting me once. Introducing me to Waiting for Goffman, which oh, yeah. became one of my favorite films, and just you know all that, you know that what you were saying about those people because it, it shares a lot of that cast. And then there's another huge hero of mine. Um, oh my god, and I've forgotten his name. Who plays Catherine O'Hara's husband in in that? What's his name? Eugene Levy? No, 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 no. Oh, you mean in uh, Waiting for Government? In Waiting for Government. Is it uh, uh, Fred Willard? Fred Willard. Yeah. Yeah. He, 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 is, he is one of my 
gods, you yeah. know, and, and uh, it's, it's, it's like, it's strange as like people, as people age, often they can lose their funniness. Oh yeah, you know? he didn't lose it. I mean, he just got funnier and funnier. Did you ever watch the old Fernwood Tonight? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, I've got tapes of that and like, you know, uh, but like, Fucking hell, that guy, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, when did you discover that your vo- voice was superior to everyone else on the planet? Because you have the best. Oh, thanks, man. It is legitimately the best. Like, if I could describe, like, what's the perfect voice? I go, eh, it's got to be Peter Serafinovich. Like, it's, it's the perfect tone, timber, the right accent. Everything about it activates every... It's pleasure center in my brain for how a voice should should oh, be. Stop Is it, it real stop or did you concoct it somehow? Uh, I I don't know. I guess I I cultivated it a bit. I you know I, I I was always like a mimic. You know, some people just do that thing. Most people do it to an extent. You know? Oh yeah, I heard your McCartney uh, with the Matt Berry song. Uh, I did a, I did this. Oh, God, yeah, I I, I like. There's part of me that gets a thrill out of doing artistic things that require insanely uh, stupid amounts of effort for, <laughs> and then putting like huge parameters, uh, too many parameters on yourself in order to, to you know, to, like to have a crazy idea and then, but to carry it out requires. St- like way too much effort, but yet you do it. You right. Know? A bit like um, it's one of the reasons I love Team America. Mm-hmm. Right. Is like yeah. an example of that. That is is like one of the greatest examples of what if we did a sort of satire of like uh, like like American America as it is in the world, but we do it in. <laughs> Like, like, like Thunderbirds. Right. You know that thing that Americans don't really know about, right? right? Thunderbirds. You know the marionettes. Thunderbirds. What? what uh, and and uh, yeah, it was only really popular in England, right? Yeah. Okay. So and we build with with these puppets, and then we have to not only you know we have to build like entire film sets. We have to our costume designer has to tailor miniature costumes and stitch miniature with like really you know all these considerations you know it took them years to make and it's hilarious i'm, I'm so pleased that they did and, and the sacrifices they made for it but but like in a in a sm- i like when people go to absurd lengths like that that show xavier right when you watch that you'll think you know but I, one thing i just did um i did last year was I, I'm a big Beatles fan, and um, I did this thing where uh, in um, uh, Sergeant Pepper, a day in the life, right? Mm-hmm. So you have the John bit at the start, the two John verses, and then uh, and then he goes, "Having read the book, and then I'd love to turn you on," and then it kind of goes into the orchestral crescendo. And then we go up to that thing, and then we go onto the onto the pool, the little middle eight vignette of woke up, fell out of bed, dragged a comb across my head. You know that mm-hmm. that bit. I've heard it. And <laughs> yes, and when I was when I was a teenager, I remember thinking, I wish that bit went on longer. You know, it's like <laughs> I want to know what 
happens to the guy you know i want to know what like you know it's like i'm just get, i'm just getting to know this guy and he's like on the bus to work where's he going you know and then oh we're back into the back into the song which is it's not one of my favorite songs you know it's, it's a great song but like anyway what i did was you wanted to have a real day in the life yes yeah, so i uh when rock band beatles rock band came out about five five years or six years ago and uh, um it, when they you know it's weird how those games have fallen out of fashion you know those guitar hero kind of games and and uh, but this was like the, the beatles estate they got like uh giles martin george martin's son to sort of to remaster and separate all the audio stems of all the songs Jeez. so that they could use them in this game and then they they ended up online and i got hold of them so i've got like you know there are like 40 or so beatles songs that you can just hear you could take the vocals out you could take the bass out whatever you know for me it's great because like you know i have this little hobby of like retooling <laughs> Beatles songs and uh, so I got that middle eight bit and then I I looped it and I wrote this thing like in the same meter and in the same style uh, of it's called the full day in the life so in the in the, in the original song on the album the song is like is like I think five ish minutes I think something like that uh, my version is 13 minutes. Did you post that anywhere? I posted it briefly on YouTube and it got taken down immediately <laughs> because of... Uh, I wonder if we could post that at the end of the podcast. Would you let us post it at the end of the podcast? Yeah. <gasps> yeah. yeah. Fuck yes. I mean, uh, it's satire. I don't think we're going to get in trouble for it because it's comedy satire. Uh, yeah. I mean, even if it's just up for a, you know... I did actually... I sent it to... Uh, Giles Martin and I because he, he he's George Martin's yeah. son and he like did like the like did the the, the brilliant remix love album right and, you know he's fucking amazing and I and I said to him you know I've sort of done this as a tribute to your dad which was I because I I did it just after George Martin had died and and I said uh, you know because I'm such a huge fan of him and and like. You know, I'm one of these people who think the Beatles are underrated, right? And right. Like, it sounds glib, right? But it's really true, you know. And and I I said, anyway, I've done this thing. I'd love to know what you think. I've never, ever heard Oh, no. <laughs> never, That's the weird thing is you're like, did he not like it? Did he not get it? Did he just not listen to it? What? A, what, what oh, I went out on a limb. I went out on a limb. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, we got to add it to the thing. I've just gotten a note that I think you have to be somewhere else. I've got to I go. don't yeah, yeah, want yeah. to abruptly end the podcast because honestly, I feel like I could talk to you for like six hours straight about comedy and stuff. And I really hope that you come back on whenever you can so we can just oh, keep man, fucking around to. about stuff. I'd love to. We became Twitter pals like at the beginning days of Twitter. And I've always had such a fondness for you and your work, and you're such a nice guy. Yeah, and, likewise, and so I, I, I really, it's so rare that you seem to be on this side of the globe because you seem to be all over the place. 
But uh, I would love to just hang out again. So please let me know the next yeah, time you're around. Man, Even if we don't record, we can just hang out like people, um, which is a crazy idea and not well, documented to, at all. I'd love to do that. I mean, yeah, I, <laughs> I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to. I am actually back in like a couple of weeks or three weeks or something. But, um, Great. But uh, are you a massive Beatles nerd then as well? Are you a, yeah, Paul was on the podcast a couple years ago. Wow. Okay. And he was great. Oh, I love him. I yeah, love him. massive. I mean, I have, I have, um, I've bought at auctions. I have cells from Yellow Submarine. I've got one as well. Yeah, I've got one. Come on, I've got one of Jeremy. <laughs> oh, God. Jeremy, and then all the Beatles walking away. Another great story is like, yeah, they didn't want to fucking do it, so they just got people to voice them. Like, yeah, and I mean, then it turned out to be like the the really good Beatles movie. Yeah, I could tell you my story of like the 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 remake that we did with Robert Zemeckis that we did like two days filming on. Can you tell it in a minute so your publicist doesn't get mad at me? No, shit. But like next time I to won't. be continued. <laughs> God damn it! All right, we got to write that down. And then earlier on, you had asked me. You said, "Oh, I want to ask you a question." When I said something about overfishing comedy waters, you said I was going to ask you a question. Oh, Do you remember what it was? I can't remember. Okay, I should mention though. Watch the tick. Though. Watch the tick. Is it back? Is it back? Back? Back now? It's yeah. The entire the twelve episodes and that from the from the twenty third of February. The, the entire 12 episodes of the first series are, are on. It's great. I mean, it's I'm so much it, fun. Like, you know, I, I think it's great. And even know? if you watch the Patrick Warburton tick, I think you would not, I don't think they, you can't like one and not the other. Cause I really enjoyed this one a lot. I yeah. really thought you guys did a great oh, well, job. Thanks, and, man. and, uh, and I'm excited to watch the back six episodes. Cause I, it, cause it's only a half hour, right? It, like it burns yeah, through yeah, pretty yeah. fast. Yeah. And then I watched them. I was like, where where's that? I look online. They're like, oh, it's not going to come out for people. Like, where was it? We're in the internet age. I need everything immediately now. But um, thank you for coming here, and please, I mean it. Anytime you want to come back. Thanks, man. Thank you. In- uh, yeah. Well, maybe soon. I, I'd I'd totally be up for that. It'd be great. Enjoy your burrito, everyone. Translation. Enjoy your sausage roll. <laughs>
fell out of bed, dragged a comb across my head. Found my way downstairs and drank a cup. Looking up, I noticed I was late. Found my coat and grabbed my hat. Made the bus in seconds flat. Found my way upstairs and had a smoke. Somebody spoke and I went into a dream. Missed my stop, ran downstairs, but forgot to pay the fare. The conductor chased me down the street. With blistered feet, I staggered into work. Morning, boss. Sorry I'm late. Never seen him so irate. If it happens again, you're on your way. Want those accounts by the end of the day? Fed a sheet into the slot. Typewriter became hot. Ow. Jean, this machine is on the blink. She said with a wink, "It's only out of ink." Typed a page, then number two. Only eighty-four more to do. Never get it done in time, said Jean. I know what you mean. Could you lend me a hand? <laughs> she was off like a shot. By ten to twelve, she'd done the lot. Gave her a hug. She said thanks a bunch. Now won't you take me to lunch? It's what a gentleman would do. She tapped her foot and cleared her throat. I helped her into her coat. She grabbed my arm and marched me across the floor. Slammed the door. The boss gave her a frown. Tried to find a place to eat. She led the way to Regent Street. There's a lovely little place on the corner here. I thought to myself, this looks a little dear. Bonjour, how do you do? Could I have a table for two? Looked in his book and I told him my name. He said that's a shame, Monsieur, absolutely full. Dug my hand into my coat, slipped the matron B a note. He said, Merci, I see what I can do. And we pushed past the queue and he showed us to our seats. Et voilà, on avait dit. Jean marvelled at the venue. She could barely lift the menu. Thank you so much. This is such a treat. Then I pretended to eat 'cause my beef was undercooked. She leaned across, spilled champagne, completely soaked her quiche Lorraine. Waiter rolled his eyes and replaced her food. Jean said, "How rude!" But I thought he had a point. She stood up, sat on my lap. Jean, I'm not that sort of chap. I appreciate your help, but you're not my type. And I lit my pipe, and she ran away in tears. Paid the bill, walked outside. Felt ashamed that Jean had cried. I walked around the block and shouted out for Jean, but she was nowhere to be seen. So I wandered back to work. Fed up, slightly full, stumbled past the dog and bull. Fancied a drink after all that grub, so I ducked into the pub and got myself a pint. At the bar, a neat old man introduced himself as Stan. Hello, Stan. He had 
a nice little chat, then he started on the walk. And I got pretty bored when I noticed the time. Oh, charming. Was this the street that we crossed? Began to realize I was lost. I ended up by the restaurant again. And I heard Big Ben, it can't be three o'clock. Hail the cab to Savile Row. God, you sure that's where you want to go? If I'm not there soon, I'll get the sack. So I jumped in the back and we drove for 60 feet. I'd no idea it was here. I was actually quite near. I'm unfamiliar with this part of town, I said. He shook his head and reversed into a bin. Gently closed the office door. Tiptoed across the floor. I was crouching down, not wanting to be seen. There was no sign of Gene, but then I spotted the boss. He was slumped across his desk, looking quite grotesque. I finished those accounts, I said, and he lifted his head. His face looked rather grim. What's the deal with you and Gene? I said, I don't know what you mean. Don't lie to me, lad, what's going on? And I said, hold on, and he grabbed me by the neck. Couldn't move or take a breath. Felt alarmingly near death. The boss made a face, then released his grasp. I let out a gasp and crumpled to the floor. I think she wants to make me jealous. She's always flirting with the fellas. She's upset, I don't want to tie the knot. I said, why not? And saw the picture on his desk. That's Elaine, he said through tears. We've been married 18 years. Oh, how could I throw it all away? Didn't know what to say, and his telephone rang. He pressed his ear up to the phone. I said, you want to be alone? I think he said yes, so I went back to the chair. The accounts weren't there, just a massive pile of scraps. She put the lot into the shredder, and to think that I had fed her. The boss was still preoccupied, so I snuck outside. I might as well go home. At the stop, stood in line. Waiting for the number nine. Number nine? The conductor glared from the window of the bus. To avoid any bus, I decided to walk. Down the road, I had to stop at the local record shop. They were playing music very loud. Asked a girl in the crowd, hey love, what's going on? She made me feel like a leper. Haven't you heard of Sergeant Pepper? The album was released today And she turned away to listen to the song Thought it was good but a little bit slow I said gotta go, I have to feed the cat Got home, took off my shoes My poor feet all red and bruised my little toe had begun to swell Then I heard the bell Somebody's outside A pair of ladies at my door 
with the bloke from the second floor. He has a great head of hair but wonky teeth. I think he's called Keith, but I'm not a hundred percent. Fancy coming for a drink? I briefly pause to think. I'll see you down the pub in half an hour. Gonna jump in the shower. I need to wash my feet. Watch them walk on up the path. I thought I'd really like a bath. I turned on the taps and filled her up. And looking up, saw a ten up on the shelf. Aromatic bathing salts. Happy Christmas, love, Nan and Walt. I tried to prise open the rusty tin, but the whole lot fell in. It was probably too much. Fancy perfume filled my nose. Frankincense and rose. I wonder if I'll smell too feminine. Should I put some lemon in? There's some left in the fridge. So relaxed by the aroma, almost fell into a coma. When I opened my eyes, the bath was cold, and my hands looked old, wrinkly and pale. Stepped out onto the cat. She'd been nibbling on the mat. I gave her sardines and brushed my teeth. I thought, poor old Keith, if that's actually his name. Pulled the plug, hung up the towel. I think that was an owl. I looked at the clock; it was very late. 2:28. Should try to hit the sack. Tucked up, I should be tired. But my head was feeling wild. I was wide awake but strangely calm. I set my alarm and I went into a dream.
Scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito.